0: You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Who talks first? I talk first? You talk first? (laughs) i'm pretty sure i've made that joke
1: probably on multiple do you know why i know that you have is because i am like oh it that's from this one and i quoted the wrong sequel mm. i was like oh it's from this sequel who cares it's
0: a star wars reference in case those of you who haven't heard me make that joke already yeah i mean, didn't what,
1: know i should clarify just because we're dear friends when i said who cares i did not mean it, who cares about what you say i meant who cares about oh, which no. sequel it is
0: you see i try to assume the best about people I so you do, so that though. didn't even, that even... Is remarkable. <laughs> i didn't even need to think about that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, hey. And I don't mean that as a disparaging comment. I concept. love qualifications. <laughs> Ethan and I are the king of qualifications. We, we have golden crowns yeah. that just say king qualifier on the on the top of them. <laughs> you know. We are
1: co-regents of qualification. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh what a delight (laughs)
1: oh that is that is funny speaking of delights yeah i've got got stacked segues this morning i love stacked segues (laughs) i was entreated perhaps one might say to thinking about a verse in a different way recently really so it's 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 not that i was reading here in this particular section it was just brought to my attention with a new light i'm like wow i knew that but also wow this is kind of neat i love it i can't wait this verse is genesis 2 19. okay right does this ring a yeah. bell yet yeah okay of course it does <laughs> <laughs> so so right so we're like okay um now out of the ground the lord god had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens and brought them to the man to see what he would call them Th- this is the key moment that mm. right there yeah and whatever the man called every living thing that was its name yeah okay so here's the thing yeah. this is like the first act of creativity that mankind ever exercised, and the thought of this moment is: God, the capital C Creator entity, yes, made a creature in His own image, and now this image is doing their first creation. Yeah, they're coming up with names, and the cosmic Creator is like an audience to that. Isn't
0: that wild? That is wild. What? That is really wild. I just thought that was really quite impressive. Amazing, yeah. Really. You just reminded me of a line from an Auden poem. W.H. Auden, the great poet. Perhaps you've heard it. <laughs> <laughs> No, that brings up a really, I find it a moving line. It's, uh, you didn't ask for this, but since we're, you know, doing all this stuff, but to that point, it's a longer poem that has to do with martyrdom, actually. But yeah. <laughs> but he has this little line in there that goes, what reverence is rightly paid to a divinity so odd, he lets the Adam whom he made perform the acts of God.
1: Yes! Isn't yeah. that wild? It is. I
0: know, like I love just think mm-hmm. of it. yeah like what reference are we who wh- what why how he's doing this what yeah that is crazy that's really cool and speaking of that the angels were watching that yeah too like what is going on down here what is god doing what's happening whoa that's wild so that actually brings us to the topic of today's yeah, podcast. Yeah, that's right. Because as I was preaching through First Peter 1 this past weekend, there was a section that most unfortunately I didn't have time to read or exposit. I, did, I didn't even have time to read it, you know? But it's so, I think, personally awe-inspiring that I thought it would be worthwhile to cover in a podcast episode. And so here we are. Yeah. Here we are doing just that. Because I think to your point, we often neglect the wonder of our faith. Definitely, um, yeah. You know, we neglect the great truths of what we believe and there's this sort of wonderlessness about it because we just kind of get hazy with it and we think vaguely about our faith and there's a sort of dangerous familiarity, I want to say. Maybe that's yeah. putting it strongly, but like you can I, eventually become so familiar with it you don't actually see what's there. I completely agree. To riff off of Chesterton, he talks about how fairy tales make rivers run red with wine only to remind us of the startling moment we realize they run clear with water. Hmm. Because, like, yeah, we, we just take those kind of things for granted. And there's this sort of, like, but do you think about how wonderful that is? Like, it's just so amazing. So, we just forget to see how strange things actually are. <laughs> and I mean strange in a good way. Sure. So Still very true. I think this passage, though, can really reawaken that wonder if we allow it to mm-hmm. do so. So, okay. it's First Peter 1, verses 10 through 12. And the real zinger is at the end here. So, but I have to read the whole patch because it kind of sets up why yeah. this thing is a zinger. So, concerning this salvation, you know, the salvation that was offered to us in Christ and all of that. The prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories which that's pretty remarkable right there. The (sighs) prophets kind of had some sort of sense, but not a full sense. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, which again, really amazing, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. What? Oh,
1: what is that? Another arcane mystery, you say? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> welcome to the esoteric hour we'll be your hosts esoteric hour
0: Yeah, that was that was not <laughs> that was frightening actually that's gonna give me goose oh. when i'm listening to that yeah. later but yeah no you heard that right the things announced to us to you and to me and to everyone listening to this the atoning death of christ the coming of the holy spirit the building of the church our experience of redemption the angels in heaven desire to look into these things Um, I actually like the way the message puts this verse. Do you realize how fortunate you are? Angels would have given anything to be in on this. So what, I mean, what in the world is Peter saying here? And why, why is he saying that? Like, I mean, it feels almost like a throwaway. He just kind of says in the end, all the angels long mm-hmm. to look into these things. So what,
1: what's going on here? The, the best little nuggets happen in these throwaway lines. They're like, wait, 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 yeah. wait, what did you say? Yeah. So does this mean that like they were, they were completely unaware of this, like great like redemption arc of creation? Um, Like that in this, they were essentially a cosmic audience.
0: So I think you are touching on some of what is, happening here, mm-hmm. exactly. So, I think it would be helpful in the time we have to talk about two things that he means, and then talk about one thing in regards to why okay. he is saying this here. Because I think, they think it might like, oh, that kind of feels out of, why would you say that? that kind two of feels, what's and a why. Yeah, two <laughs> what's and a why. There we go. So, first, angels desire to look into the things of salvation because they don't experience redemption like we do. Okay. So there's this kind yeah, of, um, yeah. mystery might not be the right word, but there's a sort of, divine and sanctified curiosity and wonder about what we're experiencing because they don't get to have that experience. Right. So, at the fall of Lucifer, the church is historically taught that the angels were the term ...used as confirmed in their status. So, if they rebelled against the dread sovereign of heaven, to borrow Milton's language from Paradise Lost... ...that's how Satan described him, that's not how I'm describing him, though I think it's very poetic... ...those angels were eternally confirmed in their status as fallen angels. Uh, They were consigned to hell if they remained loyal to their king however they were confirmed as righteous angels so they you know stayed around the throne of heaven
1: so this is this is like a um, kind of a viewpoint that has been traditionally held is it like is this rock solid or is this like we kind of think maybe this
0: well fun. so it's the the way i would describe it is um I'll I'll use a phrase here. The logical implication of a biblical teaching is itself a biblical teaching. So you don't have anything like super, super explicit saying, Right. Here's how the order of angels fell and all this stuff. Yeah,
1: there's like, a there's felt ambiguity around that. But
0: you do have passages such as in 2 Peter and Jude that refer to the angels who didn't remain in their place and were consigned to the eternal abyss and chains of gloomy darkness. Yes. So that's where we get some of that from and obviously you have like this verse which says, okay, well, why did they desire to look into these things? Well, because they don't experience that redemption. The fallen angels are beyond it. The good angels don't need it. Mm
1: -hmm. Is this the point that I do
0: or don't bring in Nephilim? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of these days we're going to have to do an episode on that. But all I have to say is that Yeah, they don't experience redemption, Mm -hmm. which means we get a unique experience of God's grace and redemption. The angels will never know. They will never get a firsthand experience of that. And in that sense, because the angels behold the face of God and they love him and they serve him from a pure heart. I mean, they of course desire to know all they can about him, right? I mean, they're serving him. They love him. They want to know all about him that they can, which means that they watch us eagerly so as to get, I guess, a second-hand experience of mm. redemption.
1: Uh, a vicarious redemption. Sure, that, yeah, that you sense. know what I mean?
0: Like, they're getting the kind of, um, I guess, participate is probably, again, not the right word. But right. they desire to look into these things because that's the only way... That's the only understanding they have yeah, of it. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what the message translation is getting at when it says angels would have given anything to be in on this. Hmm. Like, they... This is probably a a poor analogy that'll break down at multiple points, but the thought that just came into my head is like when I'm watching the Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at that thinking, wow, I'd love to get to experience Middle Earth and as dangerous as it would be, Mm -hmm. go into battle at Pelennor Fields or something like that. Could you imagine how amazing that would be? Even if you don't know, like, oh, you don't know what the outcome will be. And I, I feel like that might actually be analogous to what the angels are thinking like they're kind of like peering in, wondering like, "Oh, like how amazing would it be to get to experience that?" Even though it might mean you don't know how it's gonna turn out for you.
1: I think this is this is an untested point that I would like to draw out. I'm sure a, a simple uh, study of the original text could disprove what I'm about to say. <laughs> but i'm going to muse part of me wonders like in what way you put emphasis on this verse about longing to look Mm -hmm. um or the implication i'm sure there's something definitive correct me if there is but in one sense i think about something upon which they long to look is as sort of like a a mystery otherwise unknown to them that Mm -hmm. they become audience to because of our experience of redemption but also something upon which you long to look because it is beautiful. Yes. It doesn't have to be. under Like, you long to look as you long to look at a work of art. Yes. in um, the way you're describing like a film that is like really impactful, you long to be in and understand, but you also long to admire. Yeah. Is there any validity to this? Yes. Okay.
0: Because that actually segues perfectly into the second thing that we were going to talk about. <laughs> okay. Which is that the angels desire to look into these things because they love what God loves and they want to admire it. They want to admire his handiwork, so to speak. They delight to watch God redeem fallen man and they... Delight in what God is doing in us and for us and through us. And that's actually, he, he is doing that partly for their sake, in a manner of speaking. That's interesting. And the scriptures are explicit in some ways on this point. So here are just two passages that hint at this. We have Paul in Ephesians 3, 8 through 10 saying, which is his way of talking about angels. That is mighty interesting. Yeah. So he's saying like, in other words, that part of this is so that the angels will look on what God is doing in the church through us, in us, for us and say, wow. Wow. Like, what is God doing? Exactly your point, admiring it. Mm-hmm. Like, they long to admire it. And then you have Paul saying in First Corinthians 4, 9, For I think that God has exhibited us apostles as last of all, like men sentenced to death, because we have become a spectacle to the world, to angels <laughs> and to men. In other words, again, the angels are seeing something about God and learning something about his work and admiring him and loving him and worshiping because of what they're seeing in men like Paul and what's happening to them and how he's enduring that and how he's going through that for the sake of Christ. Yeah. So, you have all that happening and it really, I think, encapsulates exactly what you were saying, is that there's a sense in which the angels long to look into these things because they long to admire what God is doing. You know, they are 24-7, yeah. <laughs> not to use our temporal terms too loosely, <laughs> But they are always constantly worshiping God yeah, and praising him for his works. And part of that is you can think of them as adding to their songs based on what they're seeing God do in us and through us and for us right? as we experience redemption. So you have all that happening, which is just amazing, I think. It's just absolutely incredible that we're the envy of the angels, so to speak, in that regard, because I just don't think about it in those terms very often. But why would Peter mention this? I think that's an interesting question. Like, why? <laughs> why bring that up? Oh, yeah. Especially here. I and mean, why would Peter say that almost as is a throwaway line. I think the primary reason is to remind us of just how privileged we are. Hmm. And especially in his context, he's writing to a church that's suffering for their faith. They're suffering because they're Christians and they're being persecuted, slandered, reviled. And eventually, I think you get to the point where you think, like, this doesn't feel like privilege. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't feel like, you know, oh, yeah, this is great. This is awesome. I love, you know, having the... the Really jumping for joy here. Yeah, yeah. Like, I love the thought that, you know, all the the government might come and take away all my property because they view me as some sort of threat to the state or something because of my belief. Like, this is great. So, you know, we live in an age where, as Paul would say, the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God has been revealed to us though. Like if you get so caught up in what's happening right in front of you, you, I think we forget that. I think we forget really, truly just how privileged we are to be living in the time we are, because we see and know what the prophets long to see and know. I mean, Peter even brings that up in the passage we read. He said that the prophets searched and inquired diligently as to what the spirit of Christ was indicating within them, but it was revealed to them they weren't serving themselves. Like they didn't get to fully participate in that on this earth. We do. We see and know it. We understand what the law and the tabernacle and the temple and the prophecies and the Psalms, we're all pointing toward the mystery of God as man, renewing mankind by his life and ransoming them by his death and achieving an eternal purpose for his creation beyond our wildest dreams. And I think, you know, Peter mentions that because when we're suffering, we get so caught up in like, oh, this doesn't feel so good. You know, it doesn't feel like a privilege. And what he's saying is the angels are watching you right Mm -hmm. now. They're looking (laughs) over the battlements of heaven, watching you thinking I'd give anything to be them like even in the midst of your suffering mm-hmm. wow I that just how amazing is that and
1: what uh, what a unique club it would have been as the prophets to be like I, I know there's something here I know yeah. it's pointing at something but you don't get the oh man wow. That's, yeah. I wonder how frustrating that was or, yeah. or if they just handled that in a super emotionally healthy way because I would yeah <laughs> But it is interesting, like, there's so much we no longer have to chalk up to some sort of vague trust. Right. Or just know that it's not for us to know because we get this unparalleled advantage of perspective. Yeah. We choose to complicate that with our own, you know, ideas. But it does a lot of the legwork for us, and it's an immeasurable help, I think, in our lives and in our troubles that we have so much to lean on and look to.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I think just to reinforce it here in the context of Peter's letter, you know, he wants us, when we're tempted to despair... To hold fast to a truth like that and renew our hope and think, oh, I'm, you know, not in the sinful way, but like, we're the envy of the angels. Because, you know, I think my temptation would be to look at the position of the angels in heaven, you know, who, you know, have Jesus saying, the angels always behold the face of Of your father and you have like isaiah who saw the cherubim and the seraphim flying around the throne room crying out holy 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 is the lord god almighty day and night you have the hosts of heaven just constantly in god's presence i would look at all that and think i want to be that that's what i want and the angels okay so like i think it's safe to say they have a better perspective than we do given where they are you know how near they are to the throne (laughs) looking down from heaven all these things and yet with that perspective knowing all they know seeing all they see they would rather be us. Like,
1: whoa! That should say a lot.
0: Wild! Yeah, that should. That should say so much. And so, I mean, you have all that. And then, I mean, on top of that, like, the angels serve us. And we're going to judge the angels one day. We talked about that in a podcast episode. So, I mean, all of that to say, I think this kind of wondrous reality can shed new light on the purpose of our suffering. It can strengthen us in the midst of our suffering. And I think it can awaken some of the wonder of our faith, that we have these titans in heaven and we would absolutely fall on our faces in fear if they showed up in this room oh, right now. Yeah. But they would come to us and say, "No, we we would rather be you." You know, <laughs> I just it think it's an awakening wonder
1: about our experience and, and our attitude, maybe our recognition, yes, of how much we're offered and and how miraculous that is.
0: Yeah, to bring it full circle, God did not entrust the angels. Those mighty titans of heaven with saying, here's all I created. All these creatures, these beasts, fish, birds, you name them. He didn't do that with the angels. Mm. He did it with a man named Adam. And he continues to let the Adam whom he made us perform the acts of God, so to speak. And wow. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. We're the envy of the angels. So, yeah, hopefully that'll reawaken some of your wonder today. And if it did and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, that'd be great. I love that. You know, (laughs) shameless (laughs) self-promotion. So no, if you have any questions on this topic or anything else esoteric in scripture mm, or theology yes. and you want to shoot those questions to us, you can email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net or you can interact with us on social media. Please do. But at any rate, thank you as always for listening and we'll catch you next time.